0: Hello again! Welcome, as always, to another story about the Peters children. This week's story, Pearson's Root of Bitterness, explores what happens when we allow angry thoughts to infiltrate our minds and to fester. As you listen, pay attention for the hymn line or hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com, and if yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's winners, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Naomi of Alamo, California, sent in the winning answer of Up from the Grave He Arose from the story The Peters Family Celebrates Easter. So this cheers for you. Next week, Whimsy Wins will take an Easter break and not release a new story until Sunday, April 19th. So take the time, which we all have a lot of right now, to go back and listen to the stories you may have missed. Finally, before we begin this week's story, I wanna give a shout out to my oldest daughter who sang a line from Up From the Grave He Arose in last week's story. And I hope you'll join me in thanking the Lord for giving my husband and me two new granddaughters this week. One of the babies was born to my daughter who was the writer of the Peters' children's stories. The other baby was born to my daughter, Lydia, who, if you remember, was interviewed on Grandmom's Corner about how God enabled her to break her bad habit of nail-biting. The grandbabies were born one day apart at the very same hospital. Now, let's get to the story, Pearson's Root of Bitterness. As Pearson sat in class, he had a hard time keeping focused on his schoolwork instead of dreaming about baseball. He had a game that night, and he could hardly wait for it. He had been one of the main pitchers on the team lately, and Daddy Peters had been giving him some extra pointers in their practice times together. Pearson worked on throwing harder so he could get quick outs. He wanted to be a valuable asset to the team and not let others down. He knew that as a good teammate, he must do all he could to pull his weight. Recently, he and Shane Smith had been swapping places on the mound during the game. Shane was a couple of inches taller than Pearson, And it seemed to Pearson that Shane's mouth was many times larger than his because Shane never stopped talking. In a recent game, Shane had hit a home run. It was actually a home run over the fence. It was the first home run of the season by anyone on Pearson's team. And it wasn't just a ball that rolled to the fence, it was a blast over the fence. And of course, Shane's teammates were in awe. But no one was in awe of Shane as much as he was in awe of himself. The game was on the line with a runner at third base. Pearson's team was down by one run in the bottom of the last inning. There were two outs, and Shane had worked the count to a three and two. As the pitcher wound up, there was total silence in the stands and the dugouts. There was a palpable tension, and when the ball left the pitcher's hand, the pitch was right down the middle of the plate. It would have been a sure strikeout, but Shane was ready. He loaded his bat expectantly, stared straight at the oncoming ball, and swung for the fences. The mechanics of Shane's swing were picture-perfect, and when the ball and the metal bat met on their collision course, the mellifluous ding made it obvious to anyone watching that there would be no play on this ball. Indeed, Shane had drilled it, and it went further than the initial trajectory indicated. But then there was just enough of a gust of a wind that the ball carried, not just over the fence, but way over the left fielder's head and onto the field of the peewee player's game going on on the other field. As Pearson continued to be absorbed in his daydreams, he remembered how Shane had flung his bat, and before the ball had landed on the other side of the fence, he began his home run trot. Shane's dinger had won the game for the home team, and he knew it. He slowed his trot down and savored every moment. As he neared the dugout, He began to wave his arms, as if to encourage everyone to rise and cheer for him. The entire team dashed to home plate, ready to greet him as he rounded third. To Pearson, it seemed like an eternity before Shane finally tagged home. When he crossed the plate, there was a fresh eruption of cheers from the team who tried their best to lift him up. They were unsuccessful in their efforts, but the head coach, who happened to be Shane's dad, picked him up and hoisted him on his shoulders. Shane had his arms raised high in the air as he made the number one gesture with both of his index fingers as he loudly yelled, Yoo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Again and again. After the game, Shane didn't stop talking about his home run. In circle time, the coach handed Shane the game ball and everyone had to endure his improvised speech. Listen, I just watched the ball closely, swung with all my might, and there it went. And I put in a whole lot of hard work to get here, Maybe some of you guys will hit a home run sometime too. Pearson wanted to roll his eyes, but knew better. He glanced at Daddy Peters, who was watching Pearson with a steady gaze, as if to say, watch it, buddy, be gracious. So Pearson tried his best to be as gracious as possible, but he was starting to get pretty aggravated. As if that weren't enough, in the next game, Shane, still pumped from his home run and sure that he was the talk of the town, was giving verbal pointers to everyone in warm-ups. Hey, Mike, why don't you change your grip on the bat? Pearson, if you make sure to watch the ball better, you can hit it in the center rather than hitting so many pop-ups. Tad, make sure you don't drop the bat head. And on and on and on he went. Shane talked and talked. And it was apparent that everyone was starting to get a little bit annoyed with the unsolicited peer coaching. Despite their annoyance, and to their dismay, Shane was even more successful in that game. He had been called in as a relief pitcher, and he absolutely destroyed the other team's hitters. And he went four for four at the plate with a double, a triple, and three RBI. Ugh! He continued to run at the mouth, giving unwanted suggestions. Shane wasn't the only one having a good season. Pearson, too, was having a pretty good one, especially given that it was his first season of playing organized ball. He got at least one hit nearly every game, and his pitching was growing stronger. He had become one of the better players on the team, but not much recognition was flying his way, and Pearson credited Shane's loudmouth boasting with that. Pearson was having a hard time not obsessing about Shane's behavior. His heart was at the bursting point, and he had determined in his mind that he would really let Shane have it the moment he started in the next time. Shane would be sorry if he tried to give him any more advice. Pearson kept replaying Shane's offenses on an endless loop in his mind until Pearson began to feel bitter and angry. What bugged him even more was that Shane's dad, who was the head coach, didn't do one thing to stop Shane's endless blather. Shane's dad seemed to think that Shane was as good as Shane thought Shane was, and that frustrated Pearson to no end. How would they feel if Shane were the only player on the team? He wouldn't win without the other players. There would be no team. The internal rant continued and Pearson felt himself growing more enraged. He was in a foul mood by the end of school, and when he boarded the bus, Penelope could immediately tell that something wasn't right with her brother. "'What's wrong, Pierce?' Penelope quietly asked, sitting down next to him on the bus. "'Nothing,' Pearson answered. He wasn't lying. At that moment, he really wasn't thinking about Shane, but all the time he had spent thinking about him in class tainted his mindset until he became miserable inside. "'You sure?' Did you have a bad day? Penelope asked sweetly. I don't know. I No, no I guess not. But, but I don't think I want to talk. Okay. Sorry, Mr. Grouch. Penelope was a bit hurt that Pearson had been so off-putting. But Pearson ignored the name-calling and stared out the window. When they arrived home, they walked up the driveway together and noticed that Daddy Peter's car was already home. He must have gotten home early that day. Pearson was cheered by the sight of Daddy Peter's car. As they passed the great elm tree in the yard, they were shaken by a loud shout. They pretty much jumped out of their skin. As Daddy Peters charged out from behind the tree, Penelope was overcome with laughter. (laughs) But Pearson would have none of that. He was happy to see Daddy Peters for sure, but his mood had been so sour that it was difficult for him to overcome it in the moment. Daddy Peters! "'That was so hilarious! I'm going to scare you the next time! I'm going to find a way!' "'So you better be on the lookout!' Penelope exclaimed. "'You'd have to get up pretty early in the morning, Pen, to find a way to scare your brave dad!' he replied, embracing Penelope in a gigantic hug. "'Hey, Daddy Peters!' "'Hey, what's wrong, bud?' Daddy Peters asked, hugging Pearson next. "'Nothing,' Pearson replied dejectedly. "'Pearson's a grumple stillskin!' He's been like that all the way home, Penelope declared. What about it? Is that true, Grumple Stillskin? Daddy Peters asked. I just don't have anything to say. Pearson sounded defensive. Okay, okay, Daddy Peters said, trying to diffuse the situation. Well, let's go inside and greet Mama Peters and get ready for the big game. Hearing that, Pearson's eyes lit up, thinking about the game in his uniform. He and Penelope ran inside and grabbed a cookie, hugged Mama Peters and played for a few minutes with the babies. Mama Peters was busily cooking in the kitchen and preparing an on-the-go dinner for the ball field. Nights at the ballpark were so exciting. Mama Peters usually packed a yummy dinner and dessert, and they all cheered on the team. Lately, with Shane's help, the team had been hugely victorious in some real close games. Penelope mindlessly walked upstairs to where Pearson was loading up his bat bag with a fresh supply of sunflower seeds and a thermos of ice-cold water. Daddy Peters sent me up here to tell you that we have to leave in ten minutes to get to warm-ups in time. Pearson, I am so excited for your game. If you guys win, you'll be in first place. Penelope, ever her older brother's biggest fan, was full of enthusiasm. She even took along her own scorebook every single game so that she could track the team's progress. She hoped that in several short years she could be the official scorekeeper. Wouldn't that be awesome? To be in first place? Pearson asked rhetorically. His grumpy mood seemed to be dissipating. Penelope was so glad to have her sweet brother back but she knew better than to mention that his mood had been bad. She didn't want to bring up whatever sensitive thing had caused the bad mood in the first place. "'Well, you're one of the best players on the team,' Penelope gushed. "'Thanks, Pen. You're super kind.' Pearson was so thankful to have such an encouraging sister. "'Well, with you and Shane, your team is sure to win.' Uh Uh-oh. The cloud that had momentarily blown offshore blew back in again, and Pearson's facial expression... Darkened noticeably, Penelope sensed that he was back in his bad mood. "'What's wrong, Pierce?' "'I don't know.' "'Shane! It's Shane! He's so bossy, and he thinks he's so great,' Pearson confessed. "'Really? He is really good, though,' Penelope answered truthfully. "'So what? Does that make him the boss of everyone?' Pearson, what does it matter? You're good, too. Would you want him to boss you around, Pen?' Uh, probably not. That would be super annoying. Exactly! Pearson was glad to have Penelope in his corner. Hey, you two! Come on! Time to go! Daddy Peters urged as he walked into the bedroom. They both followed Daddy Peters to the car where the twins were already loaded in their car seats and ready to go. Shane was his usual self during the warm-ups, and Pearson no longer held back. He rolled his eyes, even though he knew it wasn't right. When Shane walked by Pearson as he was warming up to be the starting pitcher, "'Shane started in. "'Hey, Pearson, you should hold the ball split-finger. "'That way you'll get some zing on the ball.' "'This was precisely the opportunity that Pearson had been looking for, "'and boy, did he let Shane have it between the eyes. "'Look, Shane, buddy boy. "'I happen to like the way Daddy Peters has shown me to throw the ball just fine. "'Why don't you mind your own beeswax?' "'Pearson didn't know if anyone else was listening, "'and he really didn't care. "'But he did notice Shane's response. In a millisecond, Shane's face had turned a bright red, and he seemed completely embarrassed. Pearson noticed, and his heart, almost at the same time, shrunk back from its proud perch of moments before. He suddenly felt badly for his outburst and could see how powerfully his words had stung Shane. But Shane didn't say anything. He simply walked away. However, three other boys had heard Pearson's response and quietly gave their approval. "'Nice one, Pierce!' He deserved that, the boys all said in different ways. Only Pearson didn't feel like Shane had deserved that treatment, and his heart felt so heavy. He didn't have much time to think about it further, though, because the game was about to start. Pearson and the rest of the team took their positions on the field. The game was a quick one, and both Shane and Pearson had played well. But when Pearson did a better job on the mound than Shane, the boys all congratulated him. But it was done in a snide way. They all gathered around Pearson and patted him on the back, and then quietly, so as not to have Shane hear, they said, good job, Piers. you did way better than Shane. Pearson saw that despite their stealthy cheers, Shane had overheard, and his face again grew crimson. He wasn't his usual braggadocio self during the game at all, and at the team chat afterward, though the team had won, Shane didn't have much to say. They gave each other high fives and congratulated one another before gathering their gear and heading to the car. Pearson's heart was heavy as he walked with Daddy Peters to the car. A few parking spaces over from their car, Pearson noticed Shane and his dad loading up their car with the equipment. Mama Peters and Penelope were already sitting in their seats, and Daddy Peters quickly picked up the twins' car seats and placed them in the car. Pearson, though, couldn't shake the image of Shane's embarrassed face. That seemed stamped on his brain. Daddy Peters, I'll be right back. I need to take care of something before we leave. Okay, but hurry it up, buddy, Daddy Peter said. Pearson sprinted over to where Shane was. Hey, good game, Shane. Thanks. You too. Shane was so quiet that Pearson could barely hear him. Shane never looked up and continued loading the equipment into his car. Hey, Shane, I'm sorry about my anger before the game. I was totally wrong. Shane looked up confused. What do you mean? Don't you remember how mad I got at you when you told me to try to throw the ball another way? That wasn't me being very humble. Oh it's cool. Shane tried to slough it off, as though it was no big deal. No, it's not cool. I know it wasn't right, and it hurt you, and I should not have said it in that way or in front of others. I would have been super embarrassed if you had done that to me, and I should have considered your feelings. Shane's face grew taut. No, he said, I should have considered your feelings. And it seems like I should have considered the feelings of the whole team, because no one seems to like me. That's not true, Shane. I like you. I just don't like it when you're bossy, you know? And sometimes you brag, and it makes it hard to listen to. Shane nodded in agreement. Yeah, I think I'm starting to see that. I I, I don't mean to sound all braggy. Well, it's all good. We all do things we shouldn't do, like me today. Anyway, I think everyone likes you, Shane. They like you a lot. You are so good at baseball. And when you aren't being bossy, you're a lot of fun. Shane's face brightened. Thanks, Pearson. Pearson gave Shane a high five and walked back to the car. When he got inside, Penelope asked quite loudly, Why in the world were you talking to braggy-braggerhead Shane, Pierce? Don't say that, Pen. Pierce admonished. What? You're the one who told me that about him. Yeah, I know. I was wrong. I shouldn't have talked like that about him. I'm glad you talked to Shane, Daddy Peters interrupted. I picked up on what was going on in the game. And Bud, I know it's hard when someone gets up in your face so much, and I could tell that you hearing from Shane constantly was starting to grow a root of bitterness in your soul. What do you mean, Daddy Peters? Well, Piers, Hebrews 12:15 says, to make sure that no root of bitterness seems to be growing in your heart. In fact, I told Mama Peters that at our last game, we needed to pray for you to know how to overlook and forgive Shane. And I think the Lord did a mighty work in your heart today. You see, our root of bitterness begins to grow when we notice patterns of sin or bad behavior in others that annoys us. We all have our own patterns of sin and behavior, but they don't bother us so much as everyone else's. When you saw that Shane would do well and brag and then become so conceited that he began to coach all of you boys, and it was a clear pattern that you could identify, you allowed yourself to get exasperated, and the exasperation began to grow and then it took root as anger in your heart. You probably didn't even recognize that tiny little plant that was growing inside. It starts off as a weak little seedling, but you fed the seedling with the water and sun and nutrients of your thoughts. You kept thinking about Shane all the time and all that he had done, and it caused that root to grow into a pretty good-sized shoot. As you began to dwell and focus on Shane's actions, you plotted how you would tell him off, and that little seedling, which had grown into a shoot, was now growing into a tree trunk. And you spread your vitriol by telling Penelope about shame. And she had her own sin grow up. Her loyalty to you caused her to dislike Shane, and then it erupted in front of your teammates. When we allow bitterness into our hearts, that root has to be fed by more than just our bad thoughts. It grows even bigger when we use our mouths to talk about it. The more we talk about how offended we are by someone, the bigger the root grows. Oh, Daddy Peters, that's exactly what happened to me. At school today, I kept thinking about how annoying Shane was. And then I did tell Penn about it. And then I liked that my whole team agreed with me and that Penn was on my side. Do you see how ugly sin is, Pearson? Daddy Peters asked. It sure is. And boy, did I feel sick about it when I hurt Shane's feelings. I hate that I did that. I understand, Bud. But praise the Lord, he loved Shane and had that for him, too. What you meant for evil, God meant for good in Shane's life. How about we pray for Shane before we start for home? They all bowed their heads, and Daddy Peters prayed for Shane. Pearson determined to be super kind and help the team to love Shane at the next game. On the ride home, the twins slept peacefully, and all was silent, except for Mama's lilting voice. Man of sorrows, what a name, for the Son of God who came. Ruin sinners to reclaim, hallelujah, what a Savior, hallelujah, what a Savior. When they pulled into the driveway, Pearson hurriedly got out of the car and looked up at the night sky, the multiplicity of the stars reminded Pearson of how great God's grace was in his life. He quietly thanked the Lord for killing the root of bitterness in his heart. And then he had a great idea. While Daddy Peters unloaded the car, Pearson and Penelope hid behind the gigantic hedge right outside the door. Mama Peters walked past the two wily kids and winked at them as she walked in the house. Daddy Peters came up the walkway carrying the twins as Penelope and Pearson jumped out from behind the hedge. Rawr! Though Daddy Peters just about jumped out of his skin, he never let go of the twins' car seats. Pearson and Penelope busted out laughing. (laughs) Yikes! I didn't realize that that root of bitterness could so easily hide behind a hedge, Daddy Peters teased. I told you we'd get you, Daddy Peters, and we sure did, Penelope exclaimed. All right, you got me, Daddy Peters admitted. The tired but happy bunch walked into the familiar surroundings of their home. And Daddy Peters turned off the porch light and closed the door behind them. Hi there, this is Grandmom's Corner. Every week, something in the story resonates with me, and this week was no different. I know from experience that it is so easy to become bitter and angry when our plans go awry. My daughter Lydia gave me permission to share the following story with you about how she got angry one day and the consequences that followed. As the youngest of 10 children, she was often asked by her siblings to help them out with something. Sometimes that included wrapping presents. Frequently we gathered as a family for birthday festivities and sometimes a sister or two would ask her to wrap some unwrapped presents that they hadn't had time to wrap. They would come early and most times Lydia happily obliged. But one day, she just didn't want to wrap presents. She wanted to stay and listen to the conversation. And in fairness, maybe it wasn't the most thoughtful of her siblings to expect that she should wrap the presents. But she agreed to wrap, despite not really wanting to do it. Little did we know until afterward that she had been overcome with anger. She told us later about how she had retrieved the scissors and began to mutter to herself about how much she didn't want to wrap these presents. There weren't that many gifts to wrap, but the more she focused on what she thought she was missing out on downstairs, the more mad she became. She took the scissors and tossed them down in an angry fashion, but the scissors hit the floor and ricocheted. They hit her leg and cut it. She reflected later that despite cutting herself, she was still seething and angry. Praise the Lord, though. She finally confessed her sin of anger to the Lord and apologized to everyone for the way she had acted but the cut on her leg made a scar, and it's there to this day. Every time she sees that scar, as small as it is, she is reminded to make sure she doesn't let her anger get the best of her. Proverbs 29:11 says, A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. As we begin the fifth week of staying home, it is so easy to let the circumstances drive us crazy, and sometimes we lose our cool. Work at keeping your emotions in check. And don't be a fool and lose your temper. Be the wise person who controls your emotions. It isn't easy, but continue to look to God to give strength and pray that many will come to know Jesus during this time and that God will give wisdom to the officials. The Lord willing, we'll be back in two weeks with a new story. You don't forget to come back, too. Bye for now.